0: Somewhere, it has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Oh, hell
1: Can't stop us now! And Welcome to Banned Books Conversations, where radical readers discuss prohibited prose. I'm your host, Tanya Todd. Banned Books are literary works that have been removed from a library shelf or school curriculum. Over the course of Banned Books Week, the series will cover seven different banned books, the reasons they were banned, and the value of reading them. Today's book is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling, or for some reason, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone here in the States. We've only planned to discuss the first book for this series, but expect that information from the rest of the series might slip out during the conversation, which means there may be spoilers. But before we get to that, let's meet our guests. Megan, will you please tell us a bit about yourself and what you do?
2: Hello, everyone. Normally, people say that they're a podcaster and they say where where they are, but that's not me. <laughs> I am uh, the in a relationship with the person who has genuine chit chat. So I would say I'm his girlfriend, but last time Tonya told me off as saying that I was his girlfriend. So I'm, uh, yeah, so I've got genuine chit chat and sometimes I appear on the comic in motion feed, but I'm not a podcaster. I'm just here for the fun I am yeah just yeah, I'm a little teacher that's what I am <laughs> you're a teacher and that's and
1: super awkward. very important job and you're you also have afterthoughts with Mike like that's that's your baby too because you are half of yes. the magic in that I am
2: <laughs> yeah there's afterthoughts on Mike's Patreon feed as well so <laughs> there I am
0: <laughs> and how about you Wayne hi I'm Wayne Goodman I live in the United States about 30 miles north East of San Francisco, I write mostly. These are my books back here on this lovely fake library. Uh, mostly historical fiction with LGBTQ characters. I'm also the host of Queer Words podcasts. There we go. Queer Words podcast conversations with queer identified authors about their works and lives. And you can find that at queerwords.org. I'm very happy to be here with the rest of the group.
1: Thank you, and Steve.
3: Nerd media journalist, podcaster, uh, comic, sci-fi, fantasy fan, and someone who just loves to talk about books, books, and more books. Living in London, for my sins. (laughs) That sounds like a wonderful way to atone. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: So we'll start with you. What prompted you to participate in these conversations?
3: The whole thing of banning books, it boils my blood whether a book is perceived as good, bad, ugly or all of the above. Anything that entices people to read should not be put down and subdued. It just should not happen. This isn't um, Nazi Germany. This is 21st century. Uh, The world should be opening its mind to reading more and particularly something where even though the writer may have fallen out of favour, the stories themselves are genuinely positive um they've got great messages and they embrace camaraderie friendship and fighting against the forces of darkness and if that's not a a good story then i don't know what is it's archetypal so don't ban books read books share books love books
1: wow we should have ended with that (laughs) (laughs) how about you megan um,
2: well, so I'm I'm doing this discussion because I like you, Tonya. That's that's one of the main reasons <laughs> I don't I don't venture out of uh on doing solo podcasts that frequently. So feel feel special, but I am a huge Harry Potter fan. So um and kind of the same as Steve, to be honest. I don't understand the concept of banned books. When when you like approached me with this, Tonya, and you said that Harry Potter had been banned, I was I was baffled by it, <laughs> to, be, to, like, to be honest. So it
1: was just interesting
2: to have a chat about that.
1: It baffled me too. It, it was just, what, why, you know? <laughs> yeah. How about you, Wayne? What prompted you to well, participate? Have,
0: well, I'm afraid that the whole thing about banning started in the United States back before we were a country, the Puritans. Some of the uh, fire and brimstone preachers who had some alternative agenda to preach while they were doing what they wanted. They didn't want their flock enjoying the same things. And uh, there were certain books that, that at the time they felt were un- improper, I should say, for their flock and they refused to allow the people to access the books and Boston I think was the main city because we have a phrase here banned in Boston which is hilarious to me because Boston is one of the most liberal cities in the country now but at one time it was the seat of puritanicalism and I believe that's where it all started. I came late to the Harry Potter series a person that I was with at the time uh, It was like 22 years ago now, I had started reading it and I I really had no interest, but we used to read books to each other and he decided he was gonna start reading the Harry Potter books to me. Honestly, I don't like JK Rowling's writing style, but the world that she created so encaptured me and the, the interconnectedness rarely do we find a series of books have such a broad appeal and espouse such wonderful ideals and have your characters age over time and grow up and have adult issues to deal with although we are dealing with just the first book in this series um I again like I say I, I didn't like her style but I really enjoy the universe that she created.
1: That's fair. So before we get into specifics about this book, I'm curious if you have ever been offended by any book. And we'll start with you, Wayne.
0: Rarely. Um, And again, our country has some of the most banned books. Uh, Going back to Samuel Clemens, who wrote as Mark Twain with his Mississippi River Adventures, Mark Twain was a notorious homophobe, misogynist, racist, but yet his books are taught in our schools. Many are banned. Uh, And of course, Rowling now has her issues with interpersonal things. We will definitely Um, get to that. (laughs) I forgot the question.
1: Have you ever been offended by a book? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes.
0: The books that offend me are the ones that other people glom onto. Things like the Bible, which I think has the worst set of examples of how to live one's life. Yet everyone gloms onto that as the Bible, as the way people should lead their lives. Books that try to tell people to do things that aren't in the best interests of others. there aren't that many of them. And those that are, most of the time, are for a political reason, such as uh, Atlas Shrugged, or they have some agenda that they're trying to get out. And people can choose to read them or not choose to read them. I choose not to read them. I don't like to have other people pick and choose which books I should read. I'm happy to have people say, you might not want to look in this one because it espouses heterosexual marriage. And I'll think, yeah, I'll skip that one. I meant that in a humorous way, I hope no one's offended. But I would rather have the ability to pick and choose the books I would like to read rather than having someone else tell me, do not read this book.
1: Totally fair. How about you, Megan?
2: Um, I, don't, I don't think a book has ever offended me, but I think I can find books offensive so I, I can see that there are things in there that are offensive but to be honest it takes a fair amount to personally offend me really so like we at, at school this year we've we did like a reading program and um, one of the books is called roll of thunder hit my cry um, I had to read <laughs> to my students and there's like it's set in like the south of America during quite a like a racist period of time so there are bits in the book that I'm like okay well I'm definitely not going to say that out loud Um, and we were explicitly told not to so obviously the words that are in there I find that they are offensive but I'm like not offended by them if that makes sense and I think that's just the vast majority of books that I've read
1: yeah that definitely makes sense how about you Steve
3: I purposefully avoid anything that I think may be upsetting or offensive. I mean, I've been offended by the poor writing in many books and those books have gone on to become (laughs) films and huge successes. But hey, what do I know? But uh, on the whole, I tend to read things that are recommended by like minded individuals. And just as Wayne said... No one should tell us what we can and cannot read. We should be free to choose that for ourselves. And that is something that um, I live my life by.
0: Which brings
1: me to my next question, and I'm pretty sure I know how you're going to answer it. Is there ever a valid reason to ban a book?
3: That's a fantastic question. Um, To my mind, no, because... One man's trash is another man's treasure. Um, You may take offence at it, but some person might find something in that book that speaks to them. So, honestly, um, unless it espouses uh, destroying uh, lives, hurting people, uh, children, or animals, then no, no book should be banned. But, um, but what if it does? Then I just won't read it. I wouldn't ban it.
1: Okay.
0: How about you, Wayne? Any reason to ban a book? Well, much like Steve, I, I, I subscribe to everything he said. And one of the things that's become much pop, more popular recently is alerts at the front of the book. More and more publishers are saying, this book contains descriptions of animal cruelty, incest, rape, things that might upset people. So that if you pick up the book, you can look in the beginning and it says, this book contains things that might offend you. And I'd rather pick up a book and read that and have it say, this book contains the life story of Donald Trump. Well, I'm not going to read that. you know. I think that uh, Art of the Deal might be a top of the list book to ban for people, but I'm not going to do that. I think people like Steve, we need to be able to make our own decisions what to read. And if we're given that information upfront saying, Here's the things in this book. Here are some themes that might be disturbing. Uh, My partner had to deal with this on one of his recent collections of short stories the publisher put in the beginning. This book contains and listed some uh, subjects that would be offensive to people. Book sold, thank goodness, they didn't ban it. But yes, I, I feel much the same. As long as we're given heads up, this book contains this information and you may not want to read it.
1: How about
2: you Megan? I think everyone's just kind of summed up how I feel about it as well to be honest I don't I don't think any books should be banned um, because if I it's not something that I don't want to read then I just won't read it Um, but I do agree with Wayne that there should be if it's some like when you see on like Netflix if you're watching TV it has the thing at the top doesn't it and it Mm -hmm. says the disclosure I think it should be the same thing with with books as well and then it kind of evens it out for
0: everybody a bit <laughs> a kind of trigger warning yeah but tanya if i may i just thought of something i would like to have my books banned more people, more people will read will them, read them. So, <laughs> so all of my books are now banned go out and buy them thank you <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as bad publicity right <laughs>
1: So Megan, I want to ask you this first because you're a teacher. In general, yep. what can be learned from reading a book with content that some people find offensive?
2: I think it's just about accepting others people's views. Like in in English schools, one of the main things that we want to teach is British values, and it's essentially the the crux of it is just be nice to people (laughs) really Um, and then especially as a languages teacher it's kind of the same premise like one of the main things as a languages teacher is is allowing students to know about different cultures and different beliefs etc etc and I think that's kind of the premise of reading books that other people might find offensive is, is a way of being able to understand different points of views and therefore being able to have a better tolerance for people, I guess, is, the, is the, what, what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Steve?
3: Language is everything to me. Uh, as an English, again, teacher, mentor, avid reader, and lover of, of the English language, um, I just think that stories are something that can unite people. If you don't like a certain style, like Megan said, like Wayne said, don't stop other people enjoying it. Um, just because I don't like movies or books about sparkly vampires, that doesn't mean that someone else shouldn't. Um, if you enjoy it, read it, love it, share it. Other people will enjoy it too. I know that not everyone will like comic books or, or sci-fi, but that's what I enjoy. And when I meet people who like it, I try and... Sh- sh- spread that joy i'm not the kind of person who will say oh don't read that it's rubbish because it's not rubbish nothing is rubbish it might be bad in your opinion if you don't like it move on and read something that you do enjoy i want to spread joy and enjoyment not negativity and hate that's the long and short of it
0: and wayne well for me (sighs) There are books there that can spark conversations amongst diverse people and both our nations are having this problem right now we're getting much more tribal instead of nationalistic and we are genetically programmed to divide ourselves into us and them and this only furthers that and i'm so against that i would rather have a book that discusses a topic that makes people uncomfortable so we can talk about what makes it uncomfortable for both of us so we can get comfortable with the subject together. It defies me that there are some, one of the books that really hurt me that here at Ben in this country is Toni Morrison's Beloved. It talks about slavery. That's covered in this series. That's okay. It's uncomfortable for some white people to handle. It's like, well, yeah, because it's uncomfortable for you doesn't mean we don't get to read it. This is a discussion people need to have. People with differences need to sit down and discuss it so they feel comfortable with the subject rather than quashing it down and hating each other quietly or loudly, however it works out. But I, I think controversy can bring us together to discuss the different ways we approach it and find a way out together as friends, rather than people from different backgrounds.
1: I love that. Thank you. So now we are going to start talking about today's book, which is it's the first Harry Potter book. Harry Potter books in general are some of the most challenged books of the 21st century. And in some parts of the United States and the United Kingdom, these books have been banned from schools and libraries. They've even been the target of Burning, which to me is just insane in this day and age. I came across an article titled Harry Potter Books Banned from US School Library because they conjure evil spirits.
0: In Tennessee.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it stated that a reverend at Nashville St. Edward Catholic School consulted several exorcists who recommended removing the books. Now, full disclosure, I'm a Christian. So my goal here is definitely not to ban religion in any form but to make the claim that these books contain the quote is actual curses and spells which when read by human by a human being risk conjuring evil spirits that suggests that the accusers are the ones who truly believe that magic exists and i don't know to me it was just like Awful. megan said baffling just baffling yeah. that that that's your claim here like So I do want to start talking about this book, beginning with your relationships
0: with the first book. Can can I just interject here? Yeah. I didn't know you were going to use the the term exorcist. There was a book (laughs) book that was popular here about 50 years ago called The Exorcist. It was made into a movie. It contains numerous examples of curses. And I would imagine that many Catholics found it offensive because it's... It deals with Catholicism and even. Right. I don't know that it's ever been
3: banned for this reason. The film has, but not the book. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, so, I did
1: not come across it, feels, it in any of my studies. I mean, it doesn't mean that it yeah, wasn't. It feels it like it probably wasn't one of the top ones
0: banned. Yeah, it feels like the people who ban things are being picky and choosy about what they wish to ban. Because if their right. logic and, well, their, I shouldn't say logic, it's so rationale. <laughs> is, and then you
1: see what just happened. They, Come, They come up with this blanket law that any book that's ever been challenged needs to be banned. And guess what? The Bible was banned along with all of the other ones they were trying to get rid of.
3: Absolutely, Thank goodness.
1: Bear is is there a
3: more challenged book than the Bible, in, in all honesty? Is there?
1: No, which is why it makes no sense that the people who want to do most of the banning aren't recognizing the hypocrisy in this.
0: They're Bible thumpers, mostly. Who, who haven't read the book, I, I must say. I,
3: They're I not real Christians. Famous.
1: Right. They they haven't read oh. the book. They are not real Christians.
3: That's the I, thing. Faith is the most wonderful thing in the world, but organized religion is just.
1: Because, you know, if you, if you actually read the Bible, it gives you two rules. Yeah. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. That means your queer neighbor, your black neighbor, your Muslim neighbor, your disabled neighbor, your female neighbor, just everybody, anyone who is your, your neighbor author neighbor. Yes.
3: <laughs> well, those. And...
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, I ask people frequently when they start quoting or attempting to quote the Bible. I said, "Right, have you actually read that book? And most of the time they say, did,
1: did you read the part in Romans
0: where it says that if you claim to be a
1: follower, and you don't abide by the rules, that you are actually suffering a worse fate than people who were never believers to begin with, but lived their life right? Did you read that part? Probably not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I like to hit him with Matthew 30, where the sun shines on the just and the unjust, and the rain falls on the sinners and uh, whatever the opposite alike. Vengeance shall (laughs) be ours.
3: (laughs) So
1: everybody's got their favorite.
3: The geek shall inherit the earth. <laughs> there we go. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> so Megan, what drew you to Harry Potter the first time that you read it? Uh,
2: so I started watching the films first. Um, my brother really liked the books. I think I I remember having... I think I must have started reading the Harry Potter books after the... Th- third one came out so after The Prisoner of Azkaban came out as a film I started reading the books I just fell in love with the world like Harry Potter has always been one of my favourite things ever like much to Mike's dismay every single Christmas without fail I'm like Harry Potter films are coming out gotta watch the Harry Potter films all of them so I just fell in love with the world and. Yeah, then I just started reading the books and fell in love with the books as well. For me, it was quite nice because I think by the time I'd got through the books, all of them were out. So I didn't have to wait around for the next book. <laughs> I could just crack on with the series. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, my, my family, my brother. And just, yeah, the, the love that I I had for the whole world of Harry Potter led me to read the book.
1: So Wayne, you said that your previous partner read the the first book to you, but did you ever read it on your own? And if so, what made you
0: attempt that? Well, I want to say up front, I usually avoid things that are really popular. So when I was in high school, the big book was The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And I did not want to read it because it was so friggin' popular. Somebody started reading it to me and I got hooked. And the same thing happened with Harry Potter. It was extremely popular and it was for kids. You know, I was 40 something years old and I didn't want to read kids books, but my partner started reading it to me cuz he liked kids books.
1: And to and be I fair, it's just really hot to read to your lover.
0: It is. <laughs> so those of those of you who like to read to each other right before bed. Mm-hmm. Um so I got hooked. I so I read the book, some of the books before the movies started, so I could go into the movies with an idea of what was going to happen. I will say that my f- absolute favorite of the whole series is the Prisoner of Azkaban. However, it's one of my least favorite movies. They mm. skewered it. All of the stuff that I loved about that book, they didn't put in the movie. And my least favorite book, which was The Goblet of Fire, was my favorite movie because <laughs> the way it was directed, and they took out all the stuff I didn't like <laughs> of *Goblet of Fire*. So it's kind of weird how these things work out. But uh, I was a slow adapter, but once I got into it, I and I'm going to confess one of the things that I spend almost every day doing is an online game called uh, *Harry Potter: Myster- uh, Hogwarts Mystery*. I'm in my seventh year now as a young wizard. <laughs> And this takes place about ten years before the start of the Harry Potter series. So you meet people a little bit younger. Uh, you know, I'm going to school with the the oldest um, uh, Weasley kids. It's kind of fun. Charlie's one of my closest friends, and I like redhead, so. anyway. Uh, so I did get into it after all, but not when it first came out. I, I just like no, it's too popular. It's for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: That must be how powerful it is that despite all of your initial reluctance, you're seven years strong in this game.
0: Well, I've also seen every Lord of the Ring and Hobbits movie, so.
1: Fair. (laughs) How about you, Steve?
3: Again, I wasn't there from day one, but it's something that, that grabbed me. I'd heard about Harry Potter. I never even knew what it was about. Then one day I was sitting in the departure lounge of the airport with my wife about to go on holiday. And there was these two kids there. Uh, One was eight. His brother was about 10. And they're both there on their electronic games playing away, playing away, playing away. And the mother comes up to them and she says, guys, you've both got birthday money left over. Do you want to come and see if you want a game for your Game Boy or the new Harry Potter books out today? And that was Goblet of Fire, which is a big, meaty volume. Both the kids, and I thought, here we go. They're going to go buy some video games. Both kids turned off their Game Boys, looked up at their mom and said, oh, mom, we need the new Harry Potter book. Now,
1: That's fantastic. any
3: book that can have a child act that way, I thought, wow. I'd seen this book. It's, it's a beast. I went out and bought the four books, read them on my holiday, and... I haven't looked back since. Oh, that made me a, a fan of the internet right? <laughs> franchise. What what anything can make a child read? Gets my seal of approval immediately.
1: So after reading it, what do you think of the claim that Harry Potter books promote witchcraft, the occult, rebelliousness, and anti family themes?
3: <laughs> um 50s, rebel without a cause. Um West Side Story, um, anything with gangs, quadrophenia—that's uh, been there as long as there have been adolescents. There's been rebellion against adults and their parents. Witchcraft, good grief! Um, I've read all those lines out loud, aloud, because again, my wife and I read those books together. And um, well, my house is still standing, and I haven't been possessed—that I know of. <laughs> and it's stupidity it's people wishing to press their ideals and their beliefs on everybody that's that's that that's all it is let people enjoy what they enjoy cuz that makes people happy
1: how about you megan what do you think of the claim of witchcraft the occult rebelliousness and anti family themes i just i just find it
2: nuts to be honest like as as steve said like it's a it's a teenage it's a book about teenagers and kids like they're gonna be rebellious they're gonna go like as a teacher (laughs) I could tell you some of those kids are not very nice like (laughs) they're gonna they're they're gonna be rebellious that like the yeah it's just yeah the, the witchcraft and stuff like again as Steve said like I would have killed my brother at this point because we used to pretend to shoot like Spouse each other when we were younger like (laughs) he would be he would literally be dead so like yeah it's it's again just baffling I just don't understand it I I can't comprehend it in my in my brain really that people would find this like so real that they think it's promoting actual like witchcraft and wizardry and the occult and whatnot but yeah
1: (laughs) And if anything, it promotes found family,
2: don't you think?
3: Absolutely.
2: Well, yeah, because it's all about people like outsiders, isn't it? Coming mm-hmm. together and people who are different and acceptance and tolerance of each other. So I just because obviously Harry's, well, the Dursleys aren't very nice. So he finds a new family. So it's kind of teaching people to make do with the situation that they have. So I find it odd.
0: And How about you, Wayne? Well, since reading the books, I've left my family and I've started plotting to take over the world through magic. Not. (laughs) I've watched every episode of Lost in Space, every flavor of Star Trek. I've not yet left this planet, nor have I invited aliens to come live with me. I've also watched When Harry Met Sally, and it did not convert me to heterosexuality. (laughs) I don't know where this notion comes from. And I've watched war movies, and I don't go around shooting people. I don't know where this notion comes from that you're promoting something or espousing it by showing the story about it. Uh, There's this new phrase in the States called grooming. School boards are accusing teachers of grooming children to have sexual identities before they hit puberty. It's like, really? If anybody's doing grooming, it's the heterosexuals. You're enforcing Valentine's Days where the boys must give Valentine's to the girls back. You know, and There's no, oh, no, boys can't give it to boys, girls can't. I mean, there's a lot of grooming going on already. It's just something that you're uncomfortable with, and I'm fine. But anyway, Tim back blue. to the yeah. point. Huh? Yeah, and I don't He's think the teachers
1: are grooming so much as not pushing their own agenda. They're allowing them to be who they are. I yeah, don't think exa- well,
0: that's the way we see it, but that's not the way... Florida sees it. Problems. Yeah, exactly. But Sorry, I Tony. don't think <laughs> that literature and movies make us what they have. It might give certain people permission to do something they already felt. Violent people watch war movies and go out and do violent things because that was already inside of them. But it's not yeah. I would the movie love. to blame. It's not the book to blame. No,
1: Standard it's the excuse. person...
0: Yeah. Well, we had four years where the loudest voice in our country told it, told everyone it was okay to hate each other and commit violence against each other. I wish we could have banned that. Yes. But we Spoiler couldn't. alert, no, we it's didn't. not. Voted him out. He still won't shut up. Anyway, um, the point is that watching or reading about something that you're not isn't going to convert you into that. Unless you've already had that inkling, then it might open the door for you. And even But it's not better, a
1: conversion, it's just letting you know yeah, no, that this you is might also... be the person.
0: Yeah, I, I talk to a lot of queer people. And as kids, a lot of us thought we were the only person in the world like that. And when you can read a book or see a movie or watch a television show about someone like you, it opens your mind and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. There are other people like me. And banning books about subcultures, I think, is horrible for society because it takes that away. We need to discover who we are. And some people will discover who they are by reading books and if there are some witches among us or wizards who read Harry Potter and decide and they realize, oh my gosh, I have been a witch or a wizard all my life, I think that's great.
1: Well, now I'd like to talk about something that you don't think is great. <laughs> and I'm definitely starting with you because you kind of already brought this up. You talked to me? Yes. Since oh. the success of the series, J.K. Rowling's has been denounced for transphobic beliefs and comments How does this affect your decision to read Harry Potter?
0: Very little. I try to discriminate between the author and the writing. So many of our wonderful, wonderful books were written by horrible, horrible people. I I don't want to make a laundry list, but I think we all know in both countries, there are authors who behaved horribly, who've espoused political rhetoric that's unpopular or bad or, or just negative. Yet we still read their works 200, 500 years later. Um, I've met several authors of books that I thought were wonderful, but yet I didn't like the author. It doesn't lessen my appreciation for the book. It lessened my appreciation for the author, but it didn't change the way I felt about the book. And I I, I hope other people can keep an open mind about that. Um, uh, Many of my friends are starting to, say don't read Harry Potter because of J.K. Rowling, don't go see that stage play, don't go see that movie, and I'm sorry, I, I don't agree with what she's espousing, but it doesn't change the way I feel about the work.
3: How about you, Steve? Exactly the same. Um, you can hate the artist but not hate the art a good book is still a good book a good story is still a good story Uh, fantastic world building research characters and creatures will remain so whether the author is a nasty piece of work or not Um, those stories as I said how I was introduced to them made children read a story that can do that is a great story Um, whether I'll read anything else she writes moving on is a different kettle of fish. But um, no, um, I still think that should I be blessed with grandchildren, I'll read them the Harry Potter stories just as I will the Chronicles of Narnia and and the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, because they're good stories with good um, lessons and good moral values. And that at the end of the day is more important to me than whether the writer is a nasty piece of work or not. I can look past that.
1: Say more about books that she might write in the future and your decision to read those.
3: Because now you can't taint something you love because there'll always be some place in your heart for it. But knowing the person she is now may colour what I read that I haven't read yet. So I'd rather not read something and be tainted by my own personal opinion of it um, rather than just read it because, oh, well, she wrote something great once. So It's not Um, a matter of
1: voting with your dollars in a sense of not putting any more money in her pocket. It's more about you're not sure that you could read it with an unbiased ear.
3: Exactly. I'd be um, my whole opinion of of the book would be tainted. And that's not fair on the book or or the writer. So I'd rather just pass and carry on to read something I know or may feel may enjoy more.
0: Tanya, may I expand my response based on the question you just asked? So when the movie Secrets of Dumbledore came out, most of my friends wouldn't go see it, but my partner and I went to see it. And I I admire that she's trying to be more inclusive and she has Dumbledore in a scene with Grindelwald that's a little equivocal. I mean, people could look at it one way and say, oh, they're lovers. Or you could look at it and say, they were the closest of friends. How you interpret it is up to you. It's not dumped on you they don't kiss, they don't strip and have sex, but they have these intimate conversations that you can read into it that they loved each other or that they were very close friends. However, in China, those scenes were cut from the movie talking about banning, but at least they didn't ban the whole movie. They just cut out. It's like cinema Paradiso, where they cut out the kissing scenes. China takes out anything they find offensive, which in this case is two men who love each other. Um, so, I, I Yes, I will still subscribe to the series. I don't read as much anymore. I, I don't even know if she has a hand in the movies, but I will go see the movies, absolutely.
1: And then Megan, we
0: haven't heard your take on this.
1: I kind of,
2: I'm just in agreement with everybody else, I think, except they've probably put it in a much more like elegant way <laughs> than, than what I can. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't, take me away from how much I love the books and how much I love the franchise as much as I don't necessarily I don't I don't agree with her her views I don't approve I don't condone them or whatever but it doesn't take away from what that person has written and what they have created it's again just being able to not accept other people's beliefs, but like, it's just putting things to one side and then not having an attack on the work just because the artist doesn't necessarily have things that you agree
1: with. So how does it influence your choice to protect the series and this book in particular, because that's the one we're discussing, but you know, the series is part of that. How does it influence your decision to protect it against censorship, knowing her history and her background now? and I'll start um,
2: with okay. Uh again, I don't think anything should be censored just because someone has views that you don't agree with. Um I would still 100% encourage anyone to watch Harry Potter or read Harry Potter rather because that's what we're talking about is reading it. But I I yeah, I would encourage anybody to read the philosopher's stone because I think it has really good messages in it and I think it it is it, it encourages you to open up your imagination. So regardless of what J.K. Rowling's beliefs are, the the work still enables you to be able to open up your mind and and view a world that is, well, could be, in our world because it is is I guess in the in our human world. Um, so yeah, I'd always I'd always encourage people to read the books.
1: Well, you kind of segued into our last official question, which is, why do you recommend Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone? What do you hope people will gain from reading it? So you've you've pretty much given your answer. What are your thoughts, Wayne?
0: Well, like I said before, if we wanted to get rid of books because we didn't like something about the author, we'd all be reading Beatrix Potter and nothing else. And I still have reservations about her. I believe like we had said, that we need to make our own decisions. If we're adults, we can handle it, we can read it, and we can decide whether we like it or not. I can understand there are some over-controlling adults who want to make sure that their children are brought up properly in their image. And I would encourage them to read the books with their children. Be a parent. Yes. I'm a parent. Do your job. If you are worried about your child, reading a book, read it with them. So that if you get to these difficult parts, you can discuss it and share how you feel about it. And they'll understand. And maybe they'll make their own decision. Or if there's a movie, go to the movie with your child. And in these difficult parts, you could talk after. Hopefully, you don't talk during the movie, unless you're watching it at home and you can press pause. Discuss it with your child. Explain why you feel this is inappropriate for them. Don't just say you can't watch this movie because it has a nip slip in it, or, or it talks about evil spells. I would rather have the uncomfortable conversation as anyone who knows me, I don't shy away from subjects. I, I insult people without intending to all the time. And I say, can we discuss this? What did I do? I didn't understand. Educate me so I don't do it again. And I just encourage people, if you have this uncomfortableness, experience it with your children or whomever you're trying to protect, whether it be a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and talk it through rather than just blanket ignore something. Grow. Let's grow as a people instead of blinding each other as our DNA is encouraging us to do.
1: And Steve.
3: Megan and Wayne have already said it perfectly. Um, Communication is key. If there's something that you're worried about, read it first or read it with the child. There are so many wonderful messages in this book. Like Megan said earlier, disparate people, rich, poor, that most uh, put upon minority of all, Redheads. Um, They're all as one in this series of books. Um, They all celebrate Christmas. They all espouse unity and family and working for the common good. Is there a more positive message than that? Is there a more Christian message than that? I think not. Um, I would literally just keep your mind open. And then if there's anything that offends you, upsets you or those around you close the book and read something else but don't stop others from enjoying it
1: don't take away other people's choice and that's pretty much what these conversations are trying to convey yeah so do any of you have any final thoughts or comments that you think we didn't cover
0: i do go ahead (laughs) that's why we're here one thing i've one thing I forgot to include. For me, the main thread of the entire series is perseverance. And I've said many times, that's my middle name. I don't give up easily. If I come across a speed bump, it doesn't stop me. If I, I learn to get over it. If I come across a hurdle, I learn to jump. The the impediments in my life cause me to learn something. And in this Harry Potter series, whether I like the author, whether I like the characters, whether I like the stories or not, what I do like is that these the winners of the story have never given up. The bad people, the losers, they gave up. But the winners, the people with heart, the people who built the communities, they didn't give up. And that's the message that I think is so important that people are overlooking and only look at the, the tinsel and the 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 flumery of it. Um, so for me, it's about perseverance, and I, I, I've called myself Sisyphus many times. I should probably write under that pen name. It's it's that constant will to do better, to keep going against adversity. That's written all through the books.
3: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, people are concentrating on the bones rather than the chicken and the gravy and that is like what is that about i'm sorry i'm
0: laughing it sounds like something will come out of ourself yeah. you're concentrating on the bones rather than That's the it. gravy exactly i'm <laughs> oh, sorry tanya i didn't make it's okay <laughs>
1: megan any final thoughts
2: i think everyone summed everything up to be to be honest I always find it I always find giving my final thoughts difficult because it's just this is the end I just yeah I I think everyone should be entitled to be able to read what they want to read and if you find something offensive as as everyone here has said you can just shut the book and put it down and walk away from it it's not like you've started the book and therefore you must finish the book because it's (laughs) if you don't want to read it don't (laughs) um (laughs) But everyone should be entitled to have their choice in what they want to read, which is, yeah, just where everyone should be allowed
1: to do what they want. <laughs> you know, we have not answered the burning question that all Harry Potter fans listening will want to know. What is your house? Megan? I'm a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> and Steve?
3: Um... Best be sure, Gryffindor.
0: (laughs) And Wayne. Well, having actually had to choose a house because of this uh, uh, mystery, the Hogwarts mysteries, it took me a long time when I was in the sorting hat, trying to figure out where I would fit best, and with a lot of self-examination, Ravenclaw. And I'm a Slytherin, so we round it out. Ah.
1: (laughs) 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 so tell our lovely audience where everyone can find you and support your work starting with wayne
0: oh um, my podcast website is queerwords.org and i have a, uh, a publishing page on facebook wayne goodman books all one word that's the easiest place to find me. And also wayngoodmanbooks at gmail.com is my email if you want to contact me directly.
1: And Megan?
2: As I said earlier, I don't, I don't have a podcast, but if you are interested in following me on social media, you're more than welcome to. And it's uh, at gritsgetsfit on Instagram. Uh, but if you want to listen to this voice because you just haven't had enough, I am out there. So you can find me on various episodes of Genuine Chit Chat, which is Mike's podcast. Uh, I am on the Comics in Motion feed at points as well. And as Tonya mentioned earlier, we also do Afterthoughts, which is on Mike's uh, Patreon, which is also Genuine Chit Chat. So you can go find me there.
1: (laughs) You don't get to see just her, but you get to see Willow, her adorable pup, too, which is just a bonus. You do.
2: (laughs) This is true. If you if you do go onto Instagram, I don't really post as often at the moment, but you will get to see the gorgeous puppy that is Willow. She is she is very very cute. It really
1: is. <laughs> Steve, where can the good people find you?
3: Easiest way is just to go to your search engine of choice and type in Steve J Ray fantastic universes to read my uh, books, TV, uh, magazine, comic, features, news, reviews, and interviews. And uh, chat to me, please do. I love talking to everybody about whatever they love on Twitter, at Stevo, which is E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. Yeah. That is so fun.
1: Well, that's it for today. If you enjoyed this discussion, please like, comment, and share. Thank you all for listening. And more importantly, thank you
0: for reading. Thank you, Tanya.
3: Let's disapparate.
1: Black She may be a real this position should be abandoned his supposed obedience to white liberal doctrine of
2: non-violence and embrace black nationalism through counterintelligence it should be possible to pick potential troublemakers and neutralize life and neutralize life